Good morning. You might want to turn this thing down just a little bit. This thing's hot. But um, so I made it back. Y'all, everybody happy? I tell you, you don't realize how much you miss home until you're away from home. Amen. And uh, I got, I knew it was time to come home. Monday, Payson wanted to FaceTime me and see me. Tuesday, Payson wanted to see me. Wednesday, said, you want to talk to daddy? He said, no. I said, I got to go home. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege to be here with you guys this morning. Um, you know, starting this series that we call it um, Love Without Limits. And as I've been praying and seeking after the Lord, like, God, what, where do you want us to go in this new year? And, and as Rick brought the, brought the message last week, you know, in, in Matthew 22, that we should love the Lord God with all our heart, with our mind, with our soul. And that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Like those things kept reoccurring in my heart. And, and I know, I don't know about you guys, but I struggle with loving people. Anybody? Anybody? All right, we got a couple, we got a couple of honest folks in the back. The rest of y'all is liars, but... I struggle with that, and, and the biggest thing is, is, is I don't know how to love people because a lot of times I don't know how to love God. And if we can get the love of God right, everything else works out. You know, and, and this morning, as we sang, some of y'all felt so uncomfortable that there wasn't no music. To me, it was the most beautiful thing I've heard in a long time. But, but I think that we get so caught up in, in, in this is how things should be. This is how things, that's how we do things. This is what, it, it ain't true worship unless there's a, a, a guitar or a piano behind it. It isn't these things. And so some of you were like feeling like, man, something's missing this morning. You know, that was okay, but something's missing. And the reality is a lot of you in this room go through life with that same feeling. Like life's great, things are going great, but there's something missing. There's something that just, there's this place in me that something's missing. Like, I don't know what's going on, but, but something's missing. You read your Bible, and you pray, and you, you serve God, but yet there's something missing. There, there's just this, there's this, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. There's something missing. And, and, you, and you try to go do this thing. Maybe, maybe if I get another relationship, this will make me feel better. Or maybe if, maybe if I just pray harder. Maybe if I do more. Maybe if I give more money to the church, that, that'll be, I'll feel better. Maybe if this, I do this or I do that. And you start doing all these things, but, but, but the feeling inside of you that something else is missing, there's more purpose for me, there's, there's I don't understand, but I, I'm following God, but yet there's something missing. If I dared to poll you guys, 90% of you in this room would say, I feel that way. There's something missing. There's something more. And almost every time that boils down to is that you don't love God like you say you do. The things that are missing is because we don't truly love God like we say we do. Let me ask you, let me, let me, let me ask you something. What if, what if I came to, I'm going to use Matt as an example. Matt, what if I came to, to, to Matt and, and, and I said, Matt, we're fixing to poll everybody in this, in this room. We're going to ask them, do you think Matt loves Jesus? How do you think Matt, how, how does Matt's life show that he loves Jesus? And I write down in a notebook everything that you guys say. Oh, well, he serves in the church. He, he's on the prayer team. He, he faithfully puts up with Carrie. I mean, loves his wife. 
He faithfully does these things. And, and, and y'all write down these things. This is how I know we love God. But then I take the same book and I get the opportunity to go to the third heaven and be in the presence of Jesus. And I say, Jesus, do you know Matt Jackson? And he's like, yes. Well, tell me. Tell me. Tell me how he loves you. As he began to give me things, would those two lists match up? Would the way that we show people we love God match up with the way God knows we love him? Because he knows our heart. Would it? Oftentimes it wouldn't. It, 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 and I think we try to go under the, the curtain of, you know, where we all fall short. No doubt, we do. But the thing is, we should be constantly pursuing God. Amen? We should be pursuing after his heart. If I love him like I say I do, right? It's, it's just one of the things. I, I hope and I pray every day that, that what you guys see is the same heart that God sees. And if there's anything inside of me that's not that way, I want God to take it out. And I don't care how painful it is, I want the, my heart to be true before the mighty God. And that's how all of our hearts should be if we're truly following Jesus. So in Matthew chapter 22, it says that we should love the Lord God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. With all our mind. And that we should love our neighbor as ourself. And you think about that and it's like, okay, but you think about that. What kind of love is that? That's a total amount of love that we don't know how to give. Loving God with all of your heart. With all of your emotion. With all of your feeling. With everything inside of you. You are loving God with that. Like you really love God. I mean, everybody in this room probably has encountered love once or twice. And if you ever got your heart broke, then you really understood how much you truly loved that person. Because you were all in, right? You were all in, and what broke your heart is you were all in, but they was all out. They was all out to get whatever they could get from you at your expense. It didn't matter how they hurt you. That's why it hurt. See, when we... When God's all in and we all out, I think we break God's heart. And God's called us to be all in, right? To love God with all your heart. To love God with all your soul, okay? Now this gets a little deep. Y'all with me? Been gone one week and y'all ain't even talking to me. Come on now. Love God with all your soul. What is that? Your soul is who you are. Your soul is your personality. Your soul is what makes you, you, right? Your soul is, is, is what makes you like the, the type of clothes you wear and the type of cars you drive. Like, it's in your soul that you like the Chevrolet. You know what I'm saying? And that's a good thing. Amen? Ford, Ford folks, I'm sorry for repenting signs at the end of this. But it, it's in your soul. That's who you are, right? So to love God with all, who, all that who you are means that if I'm loving God, if there's anything in me, anything in my personality that is not lining up with God, then I'm willing to get rid of it. If I'm loving God with all my soul, then I'm allowing God to transform me. Amen? I'm allowing God to take out the wretched sinner that I am, and I'm, I'm replacing that because I'm following him. Churches are full of too many people that are the same Bitter, but man, bitter woman that they were before they knew Jesus. 
And to love Jesus means you allow him to transform you, to, to change you. Your personality should change. I, I used to hate to be around people. I just didn't like it. You know why? Because people suck half the time. They do. People let you down. People lie to you. People tell you all the things you want to hear, but they don't mean it. Y'all ready for real talk this morning? Huh? My book shut the Bible if y'all don't want it. It's the, that's the reality. And I hated it because I'd been hurt by so many people. I didn't want to be around anybody. But you know what happened when I started following Jesus? He started supernaturally putting in my heart the desire to love people. The desire to spend time with people. The desire to expose myself and make myself vulnerable for the benefit of other people. God began to start changing my personality. When I love him with all my soul, you're allowing God to change you. Loving God with all your mind, man, this gets even deeper. God is all you think about. It's all that's on your mind. Man, I, I, I struggle with it. I struggle with this. And, and from April, from March, April, April, May, April and May, I struggle with it. Because that's turkey season, and that's all that's on my mind most of the time. I'm getting up in the morning thinking, man, I'm going to hear turkey outside. Ask me, am I, am I lying? I, 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 at night, I'm going, and pacing so much that pacing's doing it behind me in the house. Like, it's all in my mind. And I'm like, God, I love you, and then turkey hunting. Okay? And you're not, turkey hunting's not supreme. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he in your, what's in your mind? What you think about? What do you think about the most? Is God what's on your mind the most? It's, 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 it's the first thing, it's the only thing you think about during the day is you. That you don't love God with all your mind. You love God or you love you. To love God with all your mind means you're allowing God to transform your mind and you, it's all you're thinking about. You're thinking about, God, how can I please you today, God? What can I do for you today, God? How can I make you happy today, God? He's in your mind. How can I share the gospel today, God? How can I share your goodness today, God? He's in your mind. And I know it's hard. Because you got to get you out and get him in. Y'all with me? But it's a process. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, when we're following Christ, he will renew our mind. Right? That's a process of sanctification. The more you follow after Christ, the more he will renew your mind. So a lot of us, our minds aren't being renewed because we're not pursuing him to renew our mind. Because you know what's good? I'm good to love God with a little bit of emotion so I can cry on Sunday. But I can live like hell on Monday. God, I don't want to live in my mind because if I got to think about God, that means I'm going to be conscious of pleasing Him. And I want about it's about me, right? It's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. I'm not preaching to you like we in the same boat rowing together. Y'all with me? So y'all smile. Y'all smile. People in San Francisco smiled at me more than y'all did. And I, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's a deep love, guys. It's a deep level of love. It's, it's probably deeper than any of you in this room has ever experienced. It's a deep love. And, and deep love just don't happen, does it? It don't just happen. The, the, the love at first sight thing, that's a myth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you are fond. You're you, you attracted. You're not in love at first sight. But it's the thing of desiring it. Like, it's so deep that you don't even know how to 
to, to express it sometimes. And the only way that you can have that deep level of love is if you are pursuing after God, if you desire that. I, I met Sabrina in high school. You know, Sabrina is the love of my life. We've dated, we've been together half of our lives, which is crazy. But I remember the first time I saw her, I was like, my heart was beating. I mean, she was, I'm like, man, I'm attracted. This, this girl is hot. And then she started smiling at me, and I was like, man, snap, look at here. Because let me tell you, I, I, I was, I have, I have been like, old wine I have been get, gotten better over time you know what I'm saying like when she first met me I was in bad shape and I'm like man she thinks I'm I'm okay she's blind but it's okay right now <laughs> and, and the more I went on a date with her and the more we, we met together and the more we went on dates and the more I talked to her guess what started happening Jeremy started changing didn't know it you know why he didn't know it because he was in love I find myself, I, I, I stopped hunting on Sunday, and I was going to church because she wanted me to be there. I find myself not going coon hunting on Friday nights because she wanted to go on a date. I'm like, who am I becoming? Because I was compelled by love. I loved her, and I wanted to know her. I wanted to spend every time with her. My daddy and mama made this joke that our, their house became a motel because all I did was sleep there. The rest of the time, I was at Sabrina's house. Because I wanted to spend all my time with her because I loved her so much. I would not have gotten to know her. I would never have desired to marry her if I haven't devoted time and desired to have her heart. I would have never have gotten to realize how awesome of a woman she is if I'd never got to know her heart. I would never have gotten to, to really just get to know her and, 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 and just appreciate how God made her if I not had gotten to know her. And so many of us don't have that love for God because we've never taken the time to get to know him. We, we got this Sunday morning thing. We, got, we, we date on the weekends, God, and I don't want anything more. And God wants you to commit more of your life to him. He wants you to commit more of your heart to him because he desires to know you like that. And he made you in his image, and he wants to have this personal, intimate relationship with you that way. That's amazing to me. That God wants to know me that way. That's amazing. You know, but you can't get that relationship if you don't desire after it, if you don't want it. And see, and desiring it means that you have to think that it is worth it. So many of us don't desire God because we don't think he's worth it. Because our lack, of, our lack of pursuit, our lack of everything else, all of our excuses are pretty much shouting to God, you're not worth it. Because if, I, if, if we'd have went out on a couple dates and we'd have been, and I would have kept on hunting, I would have kept on doing my thing, then I would have been pretty much, not vocally, but by my actions, I would have told her, my life is more interesting like the way it is than it is with you in it. And guess what? I would have lost the best thing that ever happened to me besides Jesus. And it's the same thing. Some of you are losing the best thing that could ever happen to you because you're not putting him in the center you don't desire God to love the Lord God with all your heart that is a command guys it ain't a suggestion he didn't say love me if you have time he didn't say that it's a command if you are a true follower of Jesus then you will do these things right 
We want to sit there and choose. Like, okay, I want to take this out of the Bible and this. Oh, I ain't touching that with a stick. But I want this. And if I have these things, then I'm happy. And God said, look, if you don't love me, you don't have anything. You know, you got the desire. God's word says that those who seek me find me. Amen? And, and many don't know this intimate relationship because you don't really seek after it. You're not really seeking after God. Is, is it possible that many never love the Lord this way? Never love him with all their heart. The way he's commanded us to love him. Because we don't think he's worth it. I'm telling you. He, 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 we're telling God, you're not worth my comfort, God. You're not worth my comfort. You're not worth my comfort. Many who, who call themselves followers of Jesus will never share the gospel one time in their whole entire existence. Never tell anybody about how good God is, about a a, a lot, a, how Jesus changed their life because they're too worried about what people are going to think of them. They're worried about them and not worried about God. They're worried about their comfort. So many people will never love the unlovable because of their comfort. Jesus says, what you have done for the least of these is what you have done for me. Amen? So we cling to our comfort. Let me tell you a little secret. When you cling to your comfort, you step out of love with God. Let me drop the mic. Because that's the reality. And we as American Christians, we cling to our comfort. I, I don't, just don't feel. Just shut up with that feeling stuff. Go to God. What does God say do? Your feelings can say one thing, but God says another. Your feelings will lead you away from God. See, we've got to seek after him. Our comfort. We're just seeking after our comfort. But you can't. We just, we just miss out on God because we want to stay comfortable. How about God not being worth it because he's not worth my time? He's not worth my time. Many of us call ourselves followers of Jesus, but, but we will never disciple one person. We will never disciple one person. Discipleship, church, is not a if you have time. It's a command from God. Because his intent was for you to love him so much that you would show someone else how to love him as much as you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, I love God. See, a lot of the problems we have in the church, the reason the church isn't doing what it's called to do, because we don't love God. We don't love him. God, I love you. I love you so much. I want to come to church. I want to, I want to, I want to, lay, at, I want to lay at your feet. I want to put all my problems at your feet. But don't ask me to do nothing. Come on, y'all with me? How many of you like to be married to somebody like that? Some of y'all saying, I am, never mind. It's just like, we don't love him that way. We, we claim to have no time. I don't have any time to talk to anybody about Jesus. I don't have any time to, to, to disciple anybody. But yet you spend two hours a day on Facebook. Come on. You spend three, you, you spend 30 minutes on the phone with your cousin gossiping about somebody that's something else in town. I mean, you, you're talking about all this frivolous junk around us, but we don't have time for God. You know why? Because our priorities ain't, ain't, ain't lining up. You know why our priorities ain't lining up? Because we don't love God. It's simple. It's simple, church. You make time for the things that have your heart. Amen? Amen. You make time. Make time. One thing God's convicted me of. I have struggled since Payson has been alive to get up in the morning and spend time with God like I used to. Getting up at five, four or five in the morning is almost impossible now. 
What is crazy is I can make plans to go hunting in the morning and I'm up like Johnny on the spot. Open the day of 30 season, I probably won't even sleep. I'll be just like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I might even go sit in the woods all night. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just so excited. It's because we don't have time because we, we don't make room. And it's something we all struggle with, but if we love God with all of our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, we're going to make time for God. We're going to quit making all these excuses. We're going to say, God, I'm sorry, help me make time. I had a, we was at a men's conference, and I love this. The guy said, look, we need, to be, we need to be so intimate and so serious about God. that you know, if The Bible says that if, I, if my eye makes me sin, I cut it out, right? He said, look, if, if I'm falling in sexual sin, and if my phone, my phone tells me to sin, if it is, is uh, tempting me to sin, then I need to get a flip phone. If, 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 if my job, if there's a, if there's a, a woman at my job that's, that's pulling me almost to go to, into sexual immorality, I need to quit my job and get a new job. I need to take radical measures to please God. You won't do radical things if you don't radically love God. You'll just keep doing the normal. You'll keep going through the motions. And as you keep going through the motions, like you, 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 you cautiously you fall into a trap. And you fall into this trap of just everyday life. And next thing you know, you've lived 50 years and you have not been used by God one time. But you went to church every Sunday, you read your Bible. You know something? As much as I love my wife, you know what happened? We got into a place where we were just roommates. We didn't love each other. We didn't care about each other. And half the time we were trying to kill each other. We just fell into life. How many relationships just fall into life? You just you love each other, have the best intentions, and next thing you know, you got kids, you got all you got jobs, you go in a thousand directions, and you look up one morning and you're like, I don't even know who the heck you are. You know why? Because you didn't take time. To cultivate the relationship because you let life take you over. How many of us have allowed life to take over our relationship with God? We don't love him like we say we do because life is king. And he says, if you're my disciple, you will love me with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. I know this is hard today, guys, but I'm telling you, God was dropping his heart on me the other night. So many people will walk without God. So many of us, our walks for God looks like I got a flat tire. This is so funny. A couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, Sabrina got a flat tire. She got, I think people were throwing rock, throwing nails in our driveway. I really think so. But she said, we're getting her, they weren't getting me. So if you're after me, you didn't get me, you got my wife. Anyway, she got a flat tire one day. So we, we, we were so busy with life, right? I was like, I ain't got time to mess with that. Let's just pump it up. We pumped it up. It lasts for a couple days. I bet we spent $30 in Inmark putting air in her tire. Didn't have time. Didn't have time to fix it. Didn't have time to, to do it. And we, and so many of us, our relationship with God is like that. We're, like, we're going with a flat tire, and we just put just enough in to get by. We spend just enough time to get by so we don't feel guilty. So we, 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 we for our conscience, don't feel bad. We just do just enough to get by. That's why a lot of people, they, they, just, they just serve just enough to get by. They don't want to serve. You just do it to get by because it makes you look religious and make people think you love Jesus. 
But God sees your heart, and you're like, God Almighty, I wish I wasn't here. I wish I wasn't doing this. I'm telling you, God told me that. I can tell you who he told me. You made a point, and I'm playing. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's just like we, we do that. But yeah, when people, how you doing today? I'm fine, brother. I'm blessed and highly flavored. Highly flavored. Y'all got that? I, I'm blessed. I'm just, we, we put on this persona, but yet our hearts are far from God. And that's not what he wants. That's not what he wants. And y'all hear this from my heart. Lindsay and Sam may panic, but this is my heart. If you don't love God, throw that blue t-shirt away and orange t-shirt. And don't you serve another time until you do. And that is my heart. And we'll come in here and we'll praise God with all these crazy kids we got. It don't matter to me. But we're trying to do it out of obligation. And it's only putting more scars on your heart. God's called us to come. The thing is, if, you, if you're complaining about serving God, then you should, that should be a litmus test. That should show you I need to get on my knees before God and, and, and repent for all he's done for me. And I don't want to do nothing for him. It's because we're clinging to comfort, church. So many of us, we treat God. Let me ask, ask you a question. If you treated God like you treat some of the people in your life, would God want to be around? Because the reality is we do. We come to him when we need things. And then when we don't need things, he don't hear from us anymore. We, we, we come talk to him when, when this happens, but that's it. God probably hears nothing but complaints from you and no praises. When's the last time you thank God for what, you, what he's done? So many times we're focused on us. And, and I want to tell you something. People that always come to me and they all about this negative stuff, I find things to do when I see them coming. Like, that's why I park my... <laughs> That's why I park my truck in the back of the office. I look out the window. And I, if, 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 I, if I leave, when you pull up, no, you one of them people. <laughs> That's why I'm parked in the back. My truck's in the back. If I see somebody coming, I know that all they're going to do is complain. Guess what I'm doing? I ain't hearing that today, Jesus. I'm get, I'll see you in a little bit. I'll come back around. I'm just going to be honest with you. So, so there you go. I ain't got to say it. The actions are so <laughs> But how many of us treat God that way? All we do is bring in complaints. And Jesus has commanded us to love him deeply. It's not a suggestion. It's not, hey, love me if you want to. He's like, if you are mine, you will love me with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And you will love your neighbor as yourself if you are following me. You know why that's so amazing? Because we get the Holy Spirit inside of us that enables us to do that. And if God is in me, why wouldn't God love himself? about that see most of us are trying to love God like we love people and that don't work see but those of us who truly are seeking after him look we admit to the Lord like we admit to the Lord Lord I don't know when's the last time you have you have laid down and broken before God saying God I just don't know I don't know I want to love you but I don't know how teach me when's the last time you've been so hungry to for after God that you just want God to, to, to teach you how to love him you're not alone in this I know most of you here are like well now I feel like a horrible person I don't love Jesus at all 
you pretty much crushed my dreams of loving Christ ever. But the reality is this. In Psalms 139, verse 23, David, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offense in me. Lead me away to the everlasting. David came to God and he was like, God, look, search my heart. Like, I, I want you to search it. If there's anything, bring it to my remembrance. How many of us are willing to be that transparent with God? Most of us aren't because we're worried he's going to tell us to get something out of us. We've got to change of behavior. Or maybe he, might, maybe he might say, you need to go, you need to go apologize to Kyle because you was rude to him. You know, God, I'm, I'm comfortable where I am. You know, you know what that man did. Like, why, why I got to go apologize? Why? We're scared to come to God because we're scared he's going to ask us to be who we say we are. Like David, he desired God. He, he's like, God, search my heart. That desire. You can't love God without desire, church. I couldn't have loved Sabrina without desiring her. And so he, he says, he says, look, David just throws that out there. Look, I, I want to love God with all my heart. If there's anything in there blocking it, take it out, God. And, and the problem we have in the church today is so many of us, we've made friends with sin. We've made friends with sin. And sin, we're unwilling to rid ourselves of it because, because we love the sin more than we love God. And in the church today, we've got things that God says is right and God says is wrong. We're holding on to the wrong and we wonder why in the world God's not moving in our life. Because we're holding on to the things he's told us to get rid of. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really do love you guys. Y'all with me? Like, this is from my heart. Like, I want you to desire God, but I know this because in my own wretched heart, there is sin that sometimes is hard to let go of. And I have to come to God saying, God, take this away. Take this away. Many of us, many of you in this room right now, your first step in loving God is in the way he has commanded you to is to repent of sin. That's the first step. You, 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 you repent of the sin and you walk away from it. You don't just say, all right, God, I am so sorry, and then you pick it back up and carry it home with you. No, you repent, and you walk away from it. You don't want it. You, it's like, a, it's like a, a stray dog. You beat it to get away from you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want it around. Might have been a bad illustration, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, you have to desire this intimate fellowship with Christ more than your comfort. Sin is comfortable. Let me tell you what, what one of the most comfortable sins in, the, in, in, the, in every sin Y'all ready? Unforgiveness. Most comfortable one. And his brother is bitterness. The most comfortable sins. I don't want to get rid of them. Comfortable sin for, for a lot of men is, is, is sexual sin. Like just lust. Because nobody knows as long as I don't act on it, right? So I just put up with the lust. I, 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 I sit up and put up with it. Instead, I, I, instead of coming to the Lord and, and saying, God, slay this. Take this out of my mind. Take this out of my heart. Church, I'm telling you, we got to pray and say, God, remove this. I'm telling you, a lot of reasons we don't want God to remove it because we're worried about the emotion we're going to feel. Because when you start dealing with sin, dealing with things that have been haunting you for your whole entire life, it's going to bring back some bad emotions. It's going to bring back some stuff that you got to deal with. And you've got to be willing to, to trust God enough to say, God, you're bigger than my emotions. You're bigger than this issue. And I want you more than this pain I've been living in for 25 years.
Amen? I want you more than this offense. I want you more than this stuff. So God, I know that this sin is hard for me to let go of. I know it doesn't please you, but God, I love you more. So God, take it. And do whatever it takes to take it. How many of you come to God like that? Some of you, that's, that's the first step today. That you've got to come to God that way. Jesus is the only way, church, that you're going to get comfort. He says, seek and ye shall find. Amen. He's the only thing. He's the only one that's going to give you what you've been looking for. He's the only one that's going to, and he's the only one that's going to allow you to love God the way he's commanded us to love God. You know, in Psalm 42, it says that my soul thirsts for God, the living God. It says, when shall I come and appear before his presence? Psalm 63 says the same thing. It's thirsty. My soul thirsts for you, he says. My soul thirsts for you. Like who he was, the man he was, his personality, his attitude, his way of thinking, everything was longing after God. Man, you know what that means? I mean, that, my soul thirsts for you. He, he, he missed God when he wasn't there. There was, that, there was this feeling of like, I'm not complete without you here. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ever lost a loved one, you know what I'm feeling like. If you have someone that, that you loved and, and they're not here on this earth anymore, when they left, that feeling of like, God, I wish they was here. I, I'm going to hurt. It's that longing after God that same way. That makes sense. I want God. I'm thirsty for God. I'm thirsting after you. I know that, that God, without your presence, there's no way I'm going to feel satisfied. So many of us in the church today, we live our whole entire life without even getting in the presence of God one time because we don't have time to, 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 to devote ourselves to it. But he says, if you love me, you will give me all of you, not just some of you. Look, when I'm thirsty, church, let me tell you something. This is the only thing that will satisfy me. Water. That's it. Coca-Cola will satisfy me for a little while. Coffee, for a little while. A power aid, maybe for a little while. But the only thing that will continually satisfy my thirst is water. You know why? Because my body was designed to absorb water. It's the only thing that will satisfy. Have you ever been cotton mouthed? You know what I'm talking about? Your mouth is so dry. You walk 700 miles for a cap full of water. I mean, just so dry. That's what it means to pant. Your soul to pant. Like you are so just thirsty for God. That's where he wants you. He wants you in that posture like, I want more. You know what? The only thing that will ever satisfy your soul, and that is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will satisfy your soul. Let me tell you what won't satisfy it. Hunting every weekend won't satisfy it. I tried it. I hunted more than I was awake most of the time. I, money won't satisfy. Women won't satisfy. Sex won't satisfy. I can keep listing things. But it won't satisfy those things because all those things are temporary. And eventually, you just keep searching for more and more. And every time it, come, it brings you back up empty because the thing that you're searching for it, 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 that you're, it's obvious is Christ. When you give your life to him and pursue him and give him all, put all your chips on the table, that's when you would truly find satisfaction and you would truly love him like God's called you to love him. So many of us have not really put all the chips on the table. We're not all in. And this morning, maybe your next step is for you to truly be all in. Say, God, I'm all in. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to feel like. 
But either way, I'm all in, God. Maybe that's your step today. I'm telling you, I, I crave God's presence when I'm not in it. You know why? Because I know what it felt like the last time I was in it. I want to be in the presence of God. So what's keeping you from desiring more of him? For just, for just wanting to be in his presence. You have to desire him to want that journey. You have to desire him. The last thing, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this pattern of this world, but by the transforming of the renewing of your mind, right? Then you will be able to be test, tested and approved of what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, to desire Jesus, you have to, in order, you have to let him to renew your mind. And if, you're, if you still have the same mindset you had before you were saved, you're not allowing God to transform. You don't love him like you say you do. Because you've got to allow God to take you out of that. That's why the church is stuck in tradition, because the church don't love him like they say they do. You can't, oh, we can't, oh, come on, we can't have church without, without playing that piano. Come on. We, we can't have church without this, this, and this. We, we make all these lists of things that we can't do, but, but reality is it's because it's, we're, we're stuck in our comfort. We've got to allow God to take us out of our comfort and say, God, I want you to transform my mind. You know one of the things he transformed in my mind that was, that was life-changing for me is I was extremely, extremely, extremely pushed by any, anybody that was homosexual. I just, I just didn't understand it, and I couldn't, I couldn't love them. I couldn't. This is me being my heart in front of you. I just couldn't. If, if, if a guy that was, that was homosexual sat by me, I would get up and leave. Scared something was going to get on me, I guess. I don't know. Like, I was just, i just get up and leave. But the more I follow after Jesus, the more I follow after Christ, guess what he did? God's got an awesome sense of humor. Is he got this guy that, that, that I knew that was homosexual, and he, and he brought him into my life. And, and, and of all places, I met him at Starbucks, a public place, and we sat at a table for two. And I'm thinking, oh, God, everybody's going to think I've left my wife for this man. Whole time I'm thinking about me, 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 me. What about people gonna think about me? And guess what God did? This man started talking about how the church has let him down, how people think he's just this freak, and he don't want to be the way he is. That God really, that he wants to have a house on a hill with three kids. He wants these things, but there's something inside of him that's telling him the other direction. And you know what happened for the first time? I cried. I had compassion on this man. I prayed for God to forgive me for having this negative mindset. I put my arm around him. I held his hand at the table, and we prayed in the name of Jesus. God changed my mind. God, but see, it won't, you won't do that if you're not allowing God to change you. So many of us are just stuck in this old way of thinking that we don't allow God to change us and renew our mind so we can love people the way Christ has loved us. See, church, so many of you in this room, your mind is still set. You're still greedy as you were before you knew Jesus. And God's called us to go from greedy to generous. Amen? He's called, don't give me any amens on that. He called us to go from negative to optimistic. Amen? He's called us to go from hateful to joyful. Amen? Hit your neighbor and say, Amen? Because <laughs> they need Amen. Anyway. Many of you, many of us are following Jesus like just with the same mindset. And you can't expect to have the fullness of God working in your life if you still got the same mind. 
So church, as we close out this morning, one of the biggest things you got to have is you got to desire God. In order to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength, you have to desire God. Not come to church. Not to just sit your butt on a pew. It's to love God. Loving God. If I just showed up at the house and sat down every night and never spoke to my wife, never, never, never adored her, she would not think. She's like, what the heck are you doing here? What are you doing here? Oh, God, I'm good. I'm just hanging out. Like, you know what she'd do? She'd kick me out. And some of you need to let the Holy Spirit kick you out of your seat this morning and kick you in to a relationship that you always wanted with God, but you were too scared to take that step. Everybody in South Georgia thinks that they know Jesus, but very few people have a pure, loving relationship with Jesus. And you know where that shows? It's how we don't really love God because we're not being used by God. Those statistics that one, only one person out of one church, out of a church would ever share the gospel one time shows me how we don't love God. The statistic of showing that, that holy probably one or two people out of a congregation of a hundred will make a disciple in their entire life shows me how we don't love God. And I know we're looking around thinking, well, he's probably talking to that person. He's probably talking to this person. I'm talking to you this morning. Because you are the tool that God has designed to reach your family. You are the tool that God has designed to reach your workforce. You are the tool that God, he put purpose in your life when you were born. To be the light where you are, where he's placed you. But you have to step into that. And you won't step into that if you don't love God. The world is burning and going to hell in a handbasket because godly people like you and I are not loving God like we've called to love God. And we say we want a revival, but yet we don't love God. We want a revival, but we can say, Woo, we look what God did. And pat ourselves on the back, not like literally loving God and wanting people to come to a saving relationship with Jesus. So in order for any of you in this room to love God, then you have to really desire Him. You got to want more of Him. You got to follow after God hard. And we can't just say it. We got to really do it. You got to desire Jesus. Why? Why should we desire Jesus? What did Jesus do for us? He laid down His life for us so that we could have community with God. He went to the cross, church. He loved you enough. Your hard-headed self, he loved you enough to go to the cross. Not so that you would choose him, so you wouldn't even have an option to choose him. So you wouldn't even have an opportunity to be in, to be in God's presence through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's love, folks. It's not a have to. It was if you want to. And the whole thing goes on your want to. You don't love God the way God wants us to love him because you don't want to. Think about it. That, that story I told earlier. What God's list compared to the list that man give you. Or what God say, I know who they are because I created them. But they don't love me. Their hearts are far from me. Oh, I know they participate in religious ceremonies. And I know they read my word. 
And I know they try their best to talk to me, but their hearts are far from me. How many of us would that be? That's not nothing to just go home with. That's not just something to say, yeah, that's probably me. That's something to get right with today. That's something to surrender to today. But you got to desire God more than your comfort, more than your pride, more than anything else. Jesus loves us without limits, church. So what's limiting you from loving God? So I just want to give you an opportunity. If you're here this morning and you've never really given your life to Jesus, or maybe you have grown up in church and you've never truly loved God, you don't know what that is. You don't have this relationship with God. You just got this romantic idea that you, you, you're saved because of what you do. But you don't love Jesus. You're not following after God. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus and truly give him your heart today, just raise your hand so we can pray with you, so we can celebrate with you. If you want to see me cut a back flip, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Nobody needs salvation. That means we're all God's children, right? Huh? We're all God's children. So if we're all God's children, then we all need to love God. So do you love God with all your heart? Do you love God with all your soul? Do you love God with all your mind? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Guys, if you will, stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. If God's moving your heart, if God's changing your life, if God's trying to, to, to get through to you, then I pray that you would just come to this altar and pray. Altar's open. God, we thank you so much for your love and your compassion. And God, I pray for, for Father, that, uh, that God, we would truly be people that, that are in love with you. God, people know that I love my wife because of the way I express myself, by the way I I go after her by the way I adore her, by, by Lord, just things I do. And God, I just pray that we would be people who show the world around us how much we love you by the way we live, by the way we love one another. God, I pray this morning that you would help us walk away from comfort. You'd help us walk away from, from the excuses of time. And, and, and God, I pray that you just move in our hearts. God, reveal to us the sins in our life that we have held on to, Lord, the sins of comfort, the, the, the sins that are comfortable, the things that, that, God, we know that is wrong, the mindset that we know that is wrong, the heart that we know that is wrong, but yet we don't have the desire to get rid of it. God, push us this morning. God, help us walk away from those things that don't please you. God, help us desire you more, more, God. I pray that all of us in this room would be like the psalmist and say, Lord, search our hearts, oh God. If you find any wicked way about me, God, bring it to my attention so that I may lay it at your altar. I may get it, Lord, just cut it out of us this morning, God, so we may please you. God, help us be your holy people. God, there's people right in this room I know that are riding the fence. They've been on the fence a long time. Religion in this community has hurt them to the core of who they are. And God, they don't trust you because of how the people who claim to be yours have been lying to themselves. And God, forgive us as a church of being a double-minded man. But God, I pray for those souls in this room that don't really don't trust you today. I pray, God, you would bring them trust and comfort, God. I pray for those who have been struggling with anxiety all week. I pray that you would show them that you are the God that can bring them rest. But they have to love you more than the anxiety. They have to love you more than the pain. God, I pray that you would bring them into your presence today. 
God, I pray for every Christian in this room that's been giving you nothing but excuses of why they haven't grown closer to you. And I pray today, God, that you would, you would just give them conviction and give them the desire to desire you. Holy Spirit, move in a way that you haven't moved on these souls before. And God, change us like you never have so that we can be the lighthouse for your kingdom that you call us to be. God, change us, Lord Jesus.